Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000 to call in with your Bible questions and your prayer requests. Uh, the number to text in with those same things is 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897 for the text line. I want to welcome those of you who are tuning in, wherever you're tuning in from. Welcome to the program. So glad that you are choosing to spend your afternoon listening to this program. We hope that it'll help you grow in your faith. We hope it'll help answer some of those questions you've always had about the Bible. We, we hope it'll build a community of people praying for each other and knowing each other's needs and seeking the Lord together, praying for our communities and our country, as well as just ongoing needs. So give us a call, like I said, with those prayer requests and with those Bible questions, 303-690-3000, or text us, 720-336-0897. We want to welcome those who are tuning in here in Colorado and up into southern Wyoming on Grace FM. Welcome. You're hearing the show live today. Today is February 19th. It's a Friday. And we also want to greet those who are listening on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those listening on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. Welcome to the program, uh, wherever you're tuning in from. We love having, we love seeing how God has grown this Calvary Live listening family into the East Coast, into the Appalachian region. So glad to have you with us, and we really want to hear from you. Those of you on Hope FM and Truth FM, don't be shy. Give us a call. We want to hear from you as well. Just a reminder that those listening on Hope FM and Truth FM, you are hearing the program on a one-week delay. But we want you to just know that and keep it in mind. But we do still want you to be part of this community and part of this program. So give us a call with your prayer requests and with your Bible questions. And those of you on the East Coast in Tennessee on Hope FM and Truth FM, you have a unique opportunity because you're hearing it on delay. What that means is that when you call in, you will uh, have the opportunity to know that you're going to be on the air a week later. And you can use that opportunity to invite a friend, a family member to tune in and listen to you. Say, hey, I'm going to be on the radio. Come listen to me. And maybe that's a cool way that you can invite somebody into listening to the Christian radio station there in your local community. And who knows what God might do with that to change their life. So we encourage you to do that. Uh, we also want to give a big hello to everyone who is listening online. You're also listening live. Those of you who are listening on the Grace FM mobile app on your tablet or on your phone, as well as those who are listening in the browser just at gracefm.com. And we just want you to know that you can do that. If you're not doing it right now, maybe you're listening in your car or on a FM radio. I want you to know that you can also listen online anywhere in the world at any time uh, to this program and all the other great programming on Grace FM at gracefm.com. And you can also listen on the mobile app. And we do have international listeners. I was just seeing the list today of people who are tuning in right now. 
We have a listener in Ukraine, for example, right now. And I'm seeing the map of the United States. We have listeners, a lot of listeners today in the Southwest. So it's like um, around Las Vegas into Southern California, as well as Arizona, New, Me New Mexico. We've got some listeners in Salt Lake City, as well as in, looks like the Oregon, Washington line. We've got a lot of listeners here in Colorado. And we've got some listeners in the Midwest and on the East Coast. So welcome to all of you, no matter where you're tuning in from. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love for you to be part of the show. The number to call is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Our lines are filling up. We've got one open line right now and two callers on hold. Before we go to our callers, let me just give you a few words about myself. Um, my name is Pastor Nick Cady. I am your host every Friday here on Calvary Live. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado, and we are a Calvary Chapel-affiliated church here in this great city. And I have been the pastor here for eight years. Prior to that, I spent 10 years as a church planter and missionary in Hungary. So any Hungarians out there, Udvizulek. And uh, just uh, really had a blessed time planting churches with Calvary Chapel for 10 years in Hungary. And then God called us here to Longmont. I grew up here in Colorado. So for me, that was a bit of coming home, although I didn't grow up in Longmont, I grew up in Denver. And it's a, it's a pleasure to be with you guys every Friday, answering your questions, praying for your prayer requests. If you'd like more information about our church, check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. And we are open right now on Sunday mornings. We have both in-person and online services. So if you are in driving distance of Longmont, we would love to have you come out and worship with us in person. We have three Sunday morning services, and those are at 8 a.m., 9.30, and 11 a.m. We have a full children's ministry at our 9.30 service, and uh, we're working on getting that open as well at our 11 o'clock service. So we also have online live stream services. Our, both our 9.30 and 11 a.m. services are live streamed, and you can find the links for that to watch on our YouTube and Facebook either by just searching us up on YouTube and Facebook, search up Whitefields Community Church. We'll come right up, and that's true of all the social media channels, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, and check that out. Or you can just go to our website and click on the links there, whitefieldschurch.com. You can also listen to our past uh, sermons as well on our website, and you can find out about great stuff happening here and how you can get involved, service opportunities, all that good stuff. It's all on our website, whitefieldschurch.com. Dot com. We'd love to have you worship with us this Sunday in person or online, so uh, check out that. You can get directions and information. We're really well located. God's blessed us with a great location here on the east side of Longmont. We're right on Highway 119 in between downtown Longmont and I-25, and literally right on Highway 119. So as you're coming from I-25 into the city center of Longmont, we're just on the north side of Highway 119, and um, we are directly north of Sandstone Ranch Community Park, for those of you who know where that is, and across the street from the Walmart here on the southeast side of Longmont. And we just got news that they're opening a Costco, like in our neighborhood, just right next to our church, which we're really excited about. People in Longmont have been wanting a Costco for a long time, so uh, that's in the same general vicinity of where our church is located. But if you want the exact address, it is 2950 Colorful Avenue in Longmont, 2950 Colorful Avenue. And you can also just find us on our website, whitefieldschurch.com, or look us up 
online uh, just by Googling Whitefields Community Church. And you can also hear me on Grace FM every weekday at both 9, 9.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. So we're on twice a day with our sermons um, at 9.30 and 2.30 here on Grace FM, as well as Sundays at 1 p.m. So that is the intro there. Let me go to our first caller, Katie in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Katie. Welcome to the program. Hi. How are you doing today? Hi. Um, thank you for taking my call. My pleasure. What's going on? Um, I have a first cousin that um, I, I've been out of contact with him for over 20 years. He lives in another state. He's very successful. Um, he's uh, he's gay, and I just found out the other day, you know, when we, we've been talking uh, quite a bit for the last couple of weeks, um, I found out that he's also an atheist, and um, he's been he's been living with his uh, partner, um, another man, for thirty six years, and um, they've been married for twelve years. And I, I'm not sure how to how to reach him for the Lord. He's um, his mother. He was raised by a. a, a a rather cold mother. Um, she took him from church to church, he said, and whenever she felt like it, they kind of bounced from church to church. And he kind of, he got turned off to um, Christianity, Catholicism, all of that. And he just um, wants nothing to do with it. So, I mean, I've, I've, um been looking through scriptures and and I have you know claimed certain scriptures for him I put them in my phone with his name and um and I've been praying for him and praying that the Lord would give me the right words because I'm I'm not very good with with speaking and so I'm afraid to say the wrong thing to him well, Katie, I think you are doing something really good. Um, and here's what I would tell you is that uh, I love the fact that you are building a relationship with him. I think that that is the first thing. So here's what I think you're doing that is so good. You're building, you're, you're cultivating a relationship with your cousin. It sounds like you're hearing out his story. I think that's really important. And you're praying for him. So I would, con I would, I would encourage you to continue doing those things. Continue praying for him. Uh, continue, you know, praying specific scriptures for him and, you know, pray that God would open his eyes, remove the veil from his heart. Um, but I would also encourage you continue that relationship and and be willing to kind of hear him out and listen. I've heard it said before that the majority of people who, you know, have grown up in Christianity and then turned away, the reason they've turned away is is not so much philosophical in most instances, it's personal. There's something about it that is personal that has caused them to turn away. And um, so I would start asking him those kinds of questions. You know, tell me, tell me your story. Tell me why you've been turned off by Christianity. You know, and then I would say, if you don't feel that you're really good at um, having those words to say, you know, one of the best, uh, most effective preachers in the Bible was Andrew in the Gospel of John, chapter 1. And here's what Andrew did. 
he went to his brother and said, hey, we found the one who's the Christ. And he asked this question. He's like, well, I don't know. How Are you sure? How could that really be the case? And he says, uh, listen, I don't know. But why don't you just come and see for yourself? And so I would encourage you, you know, be like Andrew. Say, hey, I maybe I don't have all the answers to your questions, um, but I bet there are people who do have good answers mm-hmm. and I'll go with you. Like, let's, you know, I'll, I'll be happy to go with you. Just walk that journey with him. Be, be a mm-hmm. person who's willing to be in his life and um, I think that's very much what Jesus did. You know, he goes into uh, homes of tax collectors and he doesn't first tell them, hey, uh, let me give you a diatribe on why tax collecting is bad. No, he starts out with a relationship because obviously those tax collectors probably knew that what they were doing was bad. I think mm-hmm. that's the case with many people as well. I just heard a really interesting statistic. I read it in a book I, I've been reading. And, I, and for those who have been tuning in every Friday, I've been talking about how over the past few weeks I've been reading some books by author Preston Sprinkle. He's a theologian and professor of theology and on the topic of homosexuality. And that's he's written two books recently. One was on homosexuality. The other one was on transgenderism. And um, he lists this statistic that comes from a, a national survey of people from every state, over 100,000 people surveyed who identify as homosexual. And he asked them, you know, of those who have left the church and call themselves atheists. He said, you know, what was the percentage of them who left because the church told them that it wasn't acceptable according to the Bible to, to you know, do homosexual practice? And they said that number was 13%. In other words, the great majority of people who left the church, they didn't leave because of the church's stance on homosexuality. Rather, they left because of the way that they were treated by Christians. And I think that that uh, is a great opportunity you have right there is to show him something new, something different, you know, a different way of thinking about God and, and approaching the Bible that apparently he didn't have growing up. Yeah, he, he told me, <laughs> I mean, he's, we've talked a lot about different things. And one of the things he mentioned was that his grandmother, um, he, it was his duty to take her to Mass at 6 o'clock in the morning, and they had to walk the whole way, uh, both directions. And um, when they were had to stand up, she would pinch his ear and pull him up. And when it was time to sit back down, she'd kick him in the shin. Oh. And, yeah. So he, you know, and then um, going from church to church, different types of religions um, that really confused him, and he got... He just um, got really turned off by that. But um, one of the things um, that really, really bothers him, I think, and he stays away from his family a lot because they don't accept him because of his choice of lifestyle. And I, I mean, I told my sister that, you know, we, him and I were in contact now and the first thing that came out of her mouth is, you know, he, he's the gay one, right? And he's he's gay. And, and she just went on, and, and I had to set her straight that she had, you know, misunderstanding about that. I mean, to God sees sin as sin, I think. You know, that's just, it doesn't matter what the sin is. It's all sin. And, you know, for her to reject him and not even to want to talk to him is wrong. And so, 
I'm, I'm trying to keep the door open and, and let him know I accept him as a person and that I love him as my cousin. And that's how I want to keep the door open, you know. But Jesus was known as the friend of sinners. But of course, remember that the people who said that, they said that as an insult against him. But Jesus heard that and he said, that's the greatest compliment you could ever give me friend of sinners and as his followers mm -hmm. we want to emulate that I, I think that some people are so worried that if they if they are friends with you know people who who are not walking with God or who are doing something which is sinful that somehow it will communicate to that person that what they're doing is okay but what we have is an example with Jesus where he he shows us that it is possible to build meaningful friendships with people uh, with whom you don't agree with the things that they're doing. It is possible to love somebody without affirming their actions. And um, I, I would just think you're doing the right thing, Katie. I think that, you know, keep keep uh, loving him. Just, you know, we want to come with love and truth. And when we speak the truth, the Bible tells us to speak the truth in love. And when you when people speak the truth, but they don't do it from a place of love, that can be, you know, it can, it can be hurtful. I mean, think about that. Isn't that what we're all afraid of? Is somebody seeing us for who we are and then telling us something that even if it's true, it may be devastating to us. And so we want to be those who come with, as God has done with us, who come with truth, but we come with so much love. And I, um, I think you're doing a great thing. And I just want to pray for you that God would give you wisdom. And I would just encourage you, continue walking this path with him. As you continue in that relationship, as these topics come up, you're going to be able to help him. And I would say that the primary issue that, that is more important, let's, let's look at your cousin. He has two things that we've talked about. On the one hand, he doesn't know the Lord. He is an atheist. On the other hand, he is a practicing homosexual. Um, I think that rather than which of those should should we attack first? So to say? That made me think he's not a true atheist because an atheist is somebody that doesn't believe in God. He said, "I'm an atheist, but um, I could have been something worse. I could have been, uh, I could have like been an, uh, into a Buddhism or, or um, he mentioned another one of those kind of like uh, Hinduism or something." And I thought, that's an interesting statement. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I think he believes there's a God, but he just mm. is angry, you know. Yeah. Well, um, I'm going to go ahead and pray for you, but I uh, I think you're doing a good thing, and I just want to encourage you to keep doing, walking that road with him and keep loving him and, and keep pointing him towards Jesus. But I guess what I was trying to say prior was if we were going to attack one of those two things primarily, I think the one you want to attack is the, the one about him not knowing the Lord, because from knowing the Lord, all the other things, you know, what, what does it benefit a person if they clean up their life, but they know they lose their soul, right? You got to catch a fish before you can clean it. So let's go. Let's go ahead and pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for Katie. Thank you, Lord, for the love that you've given her for her cousin. And Lord, thank you just for the clarity that you've given her about what her mission is uh, to love him and as a disciple of Jesus and to lead him towards the truth. Um, and so, Lord, I pray that her words would be effective in his life. I pray that you would help him to know that this, this is someone who really loves him and has his best interest in mind.
And Lord, we do pray that you would give Katie a lot of wisdom with how to approach her cousin. We do pray that you'd lift the veil of his eyes and, and the, open the eyes of his heart, Lord, to see you for who you are and to understand your love for him and to really surrender his life to you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank God you. bless you, Katie. Okay. God bless. Bye bye. God bless you. Bye. All right. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. Let's go to our next caller, Oralise in Colorado. Hi, Oralise. Did I pronounce your name right? Ibelis. Okay, Ibelis. Thank well, you. Good, good to have uh, you. Thank you. My question is related to fasting. I want to know if it is it right to do to drink only water for many days in a row. Yeah, so there are many ways to do fasting. You know, the essence of fasting is this. You are denying the flesh on purpose so that you can grow in the spirit and feed your spirit instead. Oftentimes in the Bible we see fasting is coupled with prayer. Almost every single time fasting is coupled with prayer. And so the right way to do fasting, I would tell you this, there, there's no fixed way to do a fast. Right? So in some cases, it's not eating food, but drinking water for a certain amount of time. It might be the entire day, but what is the entire day? Does that mean from the time you wake up until the time you go to bed? Does it mean that you do it uh, from, let's say, 8 in the morning until 5 in the evening? Is it that you do it for 4 hours, but you do it intentionally, or that you skip lunch, and instead of eating lunch, you spend that time praying and studying the Bible? I'm going to tell you that uh, it, it, you can fast from one particular thing even. The, the essence of it, that, though, is this. You're giving something up, so there should be a sacrificial element to it. And the other part of it is that the purpose of doing it is not to not just not eat food. The purpose of doing it is that in place of feeding your body, you feed your spirit. So you want to be seeking the Lord, praying, reading his word during those times when you would have been eating. So however you decide to do it and whatever you decide to fast from, that is the essence of it. Okay. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts. Live on the air, we have two open lines right now. Uh, we had all full lines, but we just uh, went through two callers pretty quickly. So we've got two open lines, and we've got wide open text lines. So here's the number to call, 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line, 720 336 Let's go to Bianca in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Bianca. Welcome to the program. Hi. I just have a prayer request. I've been feeling sad lately and discouraged. I've been feeling that what I'm doing isn't really... I don't know how to say it. I just feel like it's resulting in nothing. And sometimes I just wish that someone could 
tell me that my prayers are being answered or something, but I don't know. I've just been feeling like nothing's really coming out. Okay. Well, I'm sorry. That must be frustrating. And um, uh, let's pray for you first, and then we'll see if the Lord you know, has anything to say. But um, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray for Bianca, and we ask, Lord, that you would encourage her. Lord, encourage her in these times when she's praying, Lord, that, that this is really faith, right? Faith is when we pray and we don't know how our prayers are being used by you or being responded to by you. Lord, I pray that you would give her the faith that she needs for this moment. And Lord, we pray that you would encourage her heart. Lord, we pray that you would encourage her in the things that she's doing. We pray that you would help her to be faithful, even in these moments where she's lacking encouragement, lacking affirmation in these places. Lord, we pray for Bianca. Lord, we pray that you give her perseverance. Lord, we thank you that you are the one that we look to for that perseverance. We fix our eyes upon you in order to run the race that is set before us because you endured to the end, uh, even to the cross. And so, Lord, would you please give Bianca perseverance, endurance, strength. Lord, would you give her faith and help her to uh, do the things you've called her to do faithfully, especially in regard to prayer, Lord. We pray that she would have some encouragement in those ways. Whether that's just encouragement, Lord, of you encouraging her heart and telling her that her time spent in prayer is not in vain, or or maybe it's an answered prayer in, in a way that she's prayed. Lord, we pray that you would do that for her in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, so, Bianca, while I got you, we've got two minutes until the break, so I'll just share one thought with you, and that okay. is uh, this coming Sunday at our church here in Longmont, I'm preaching on a passage from 2 Kings chapter 19. And in that passage, we read about King Hezekiah of Judah. And there's this interesting thing where the Assyrian Empire, you might remember that Assyria attacked and conquered the northern kingdom of Israel. Well, five years after they did that, it says that Hezekiah rebelled against the Assyrians who were basically trying to extort him for money, right? They were trying to say, you know, essentially... Give us your lunch money or we'll beat you up. But in a much more, you know, serious way, it was, you know, pay us this tribute or we will conquer your country. Well, Hezekiah said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to become a vassal state of Assyria. And as a result, Assyria came against them. Now, Assyria was a massive empire and Judah was just a little tiny kingdom. And it says there that the king of Assyria, he totally conquered all of the towns of Judah except for Jerusalem and then they come and they surround Jerusalem and they're threatening Hezekiah and so it says there that Hezekiah laid out this letter that was given to him from the king of Assyria and he prayed over it and then the most amazing part of the passage is that it says God spoke to Hezekiah and said because you prayed I have spared Jerusalem that's such an interesting thing right because I think that sometimes we can feel like, well, hey, look, if God knows everything anyway and God is able to do whatever he wants, then why does it even matter if I pray? And if sometimes God's going to say yes to my prayers and sometimes he's going to say no, then why bother praying at all? Why not just say, okay, God, just do whatever you want and I'll save myself some time in praying. <laughs> but, but we read this passage that says that 
Jerusalem was saved because Hezekiah prayed. The implication is that if he had not prayed, Jerusalem would not have been saved. And I think there's so many times where we would say this, think about how many things lay unclaimed in heaven because we have failed to pray. So, Bianca, let me just encourage you, keep praying, keep praying, keep praying. You will never know, you may never know all of the ways that God is going to answer those prayers, and he's going to do a good work in you as well. All right. All right. I have to go. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. That brings us to our mid-show break. We're going to be right back in two minutes' time after these words, but please give us a call with your prayer requests and your Bible questions. 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Text us, 720-336-0897. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Here with you today on the air, taking your calls and texts live Today on the radio and over the internet, give me a call. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line 720-336-0897. So guys, we went from having all full lines in the first half to having all open lines here at the beginning of the second half. Now, ten, the, the tendency on the show here tends to be, by the way, that we tend to get a lot of calls in like the last 10 minutes of the program. And we don't... Uh, so, all, all that to say is that we'd love to have you guys call in. So there's some of you out there listening and you've got questions about the Bible. And maybe it's not just you who has that question. Maybe there are other people who've been wondering about that same thing. And as you have the courage to call in... Um, it's going to be a benefit to other people who have that same question. So we want to hear from you with your questions about the Bible. We want to hear from you with your prayer requests. We want to pray for you. Maybe there's something going on in your life that you'd like some biblical perspective on. We'd love to chat with you about that. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. You can write us right away because um, we will get you on pretty quickly since we've got all open lines. And the number, uh, the text line is 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. Let's go over to our text line real quick and see what's come in over there. Uh, someone writes in and says, I found out my husband was looking at inappropriate content on the internet. He lied about it and said that he didn't see the pictures and videos. Uh, what do I do when he isn't sorry won't attend counseling and just wants to sweep the problem under the rug. And then a side note says that he is a born again Christian for many years. And just a little bit more information they give us is that, that apparently this wasn't pornography per se, but inappropriate for sure. And it was on Instagram, which of course doesn't allow pornographic content. And yet definitely there is some questionable content. And apparently this was, this was, indeed inappropriate and questionable. So, yeah, my advice to you is this. Um, uh, as, as far as attending counseling, you know, just I'm trying to imagine what your husband might be feeling, what his hesitancy with that is. My guess is that, you know, he's 
embarrassed that he got caught and he feels some shame associated with that and that attending counseling for that you know it'd be like being it 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 it'd be like being called into the principal's office now i know that's not the case and i do a lot of counseling myself and so many times i i just want these couples or or people to come in so i can sit with them and talk with them and and share the lord with them but i know that from their perspective especially when it's not them initiating right let's say it's a couple and it's not the one spouse initiating but they're being dragged along it does feel like they're being uh, taken to the principal's office because they got caught doing something wrong and they're going to be scolded and they know that and they they really don't want that right and and i can empathize with that i i don't think it's the best but i can empathize with their feelings um so what i would say is in this case because again like you said inappropriate but not pornographic I would say you definitely need to talk with him about this and say, you know, honey, let, let's talk about this because there's obviously something going on. And I'll tell you what, if he's, this is like the first step towards other things. Okay. It's probably, this is a gateway into, into deeper things. And I would say at this point, he just knows that he got caught and that he could get caught in the future. He's going to either go one of two ways. He's either going to stop doing it or he's going to get more crafty about how he does it. And we don't want the second one there. What we want instead is for him to not want to turn to these things. And whatever it is that he's looking for in these things or the, the thing that he's getting pleasure out of them, we, we want that to be solved by him having such a robust relationship with you, his spouse, and with the Lord. Right, where he says, number one, I don't want to sin against my wife. I don't want to sin against God. And my relationship with God and my relationship with my wife is so fulfilling that, you know, looking at these other things is the last thing that even I would ever want to do or even, you know, think about. So I would encourage you to sit down with him, ask him, you know, hey, what's going on? What well, what is what is going on in your heart and in your mind that you're doing this? Um, you know, rather than another approach and i'm not saying you're doing this but i'm just saying i'm imagining right trying to read between the lines you know he could feel like um that he's just being told you know cut it out you're you know you you're sinning and things like that and you need to apologize and he might feel that hey what i did was pretty minor and and yes maybe borderline inappropriate but but still minor i would just say to him hey look um this hurts me as your wife that you're doing this i think that this is not honoring to god you're objectifying women and you were supposed to view women as sisters and daughters and not objects uh, i would really encourage you to have that conversation with him as his wife and and deal with it on that level and you can think about matthew 18 i mean we don't often think about that in regard to our marriage but i think that this is where it starts is let's let's talk with him not just as a matter of hey you did something wrong but like Hey, what's going on in your heart, in your life? How can we deal with this as a married couple and as a team? And then if it gets beyond that, where he's just like, you know what? I'm just, I just don't care at all what you say. I'm going to do whatever I want. Then I think then you, you do turn to involving the church and, and having some people in your life. This is why Christian community is so important, right? So you don't have to go right to the top, to the pastor, to the counselor. You can involve a friend and say, hey, we're struggling in this way. Maybe you could help us. 
Um, there is also just FYI for anybody else out there who is struggling with this thing or for this texture in particular, there is a class at Calvary Aurora, Calvary Chapel or Calvary Church in Aurora. It starts next Tuesday. It's called Pure Life. It's for those struggling with pornography use. And it is at Calvary Church in Aurora. And the number to call is 303-628-7200 for more information. So once again, the number for that is 303-628-7200. You have to pre-register. You can't just show up. Um, but it starts at 7 p.m. next Tuesday. So you need to call there and pre-register. You can call and ask for Pastor Micah. Pastor Micah at Calvary Church in Aurora. He's the one leading this Pure Life class. Like I said, you need to pre-register for it. And there's, I know how they do this, and it, there's a ton of, you know, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Confidentiality involved in this. This is why they don't just let people walk in, right? Because they want to, they don't want to shame people. They want to help people to really be able to grow in a safe place. So the number again, 303-628-7200. Ask for Micah. This session is going to be only guys. So um, if there's anybody out there who would benefit from that, I really encourage you to look into it. So thanks for that text, and we'll be praying for you. Let's do that right now. Lord, we pray for this family. We pray for this husband and wife. And Lord, we pray that you give this wife a lot of wisdom and grace as she speaks with her husband. And Lord, we do pray that he would totally, you know, repent and, and that his relationship with his wife would be restored and that his relationship with you, God, would be restored and that he would pursue you above all other things. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's go to our next caller, Rudy, in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Rudy. Welcome to the program. Thank you. I'm very excited for this prayer request. Awesome. Now, I, um, I have three friends who called me this week three separate times, one on, I think, one on Monday, Tuesday, and then this morning, who uh, got Jesus in their lives. And I just want to mention that these are guys who, you know, made mockery of, you know, me turning to faith and at the same time seeing the transformation what Jesus is doing and see how I'm doing following Jesus. And it's just it, it put, it made the hair stand on my arms when they called me and said, Hi, Rudy, how's it going? I'm expecting to get an invitation to the bar like they always do. These are friends, you know, but I don't push them away and stay away from the bad stuff that they do, but they're my buddies, and we keep in contact with each other, and they all call me and say, hey, I started a Bible study with me and my uh, family, and the other one says, hey, we, we're going to church now, Rudy. Uh, Jesus just jumped into my life, and another one who, who, who just says, I have no more options. Is it okay to still, you know, is Jesus will still, Jesus still forgive me, and you know, look. You know, yes, he will. And look at look at me. And I know that's why I'm calling you, Rudy. You have so much faith, and I've seen the transformation in your life. And I just tried it out. And you know, I'm not. I gave it all to Christ. You know, it's not me, but I'm just happy for that. These guys who rolled their eyes at me. Yeah. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Yeah. That's yes, awesome. It's wonderful. I just want to pray for them that they continue to stay consistent. Yeah. Let's do that. Heavenly Father, we pray for Rudy's friends who were mocking his faith before and, and have now turned to you, Lord. We pray that, um, you know, past hurts, past insults, Lord, would be forgiven. They would be able to be put in the past. And Lord, we pray that these people uh, would be rooted and grounded in you. Um, Lord, we pray that they too would have a, a testimony 
to share one day of themselves that, hey, I was a person who mocked others, and yet here I am following Jesus. So, Lord, we pray for them that they would get rooted and grounded in you, that they would fall daily more in love with you, Jesus, and that you would strengthen them in their walk and in their relationship with you. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank God, you. God bless you, Rudy. Thanks for calling in. All right. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts live on the air. We're answering your questions about the Bible. We are praying for your prayer requests. The number to call is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. That's 720-336-0897. We have two open lines, so it's a great time to call in. We'll get you on pretty quickly at 303-690-3000 with your prayer requests and your questions about the Bible. Let's go to Ivan in Denver. Or is it Ivan or Ivan? Ivan. Ivan. Hey, Ivan. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How are you doing today? Doing great. Yeah, it's, uh, I just have a question. I've, I've called before, and I just still have a question about Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. It seems like, to me, Genesis 1 takes place over you know, seven days, and Genesis 2 is just kind of like happens all at once. And I'm just kind of having trouble understanding what the difference is and why they're they're both happening at the same time in the Bible. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a, a good question. It's a common question. A, a lot of the reason why we ask this question as English speakers is because we don't read the Bible in Hebrew, which is the language it was originally written in. And uh, though some of the reason is still apparent to us as we read it in English. So let's just go over there and I'll look at Genesis 1 and 2 with you real quick. Um, you could think about it like this, just to put it real simply. You know, the chapter 1 is the macro view, whereas chapter 2 is more like the micro view, right? So chapter, chapter 1 is like, it's, here's all this creation and God created it and it was good. Here's all the stuff he did. Chapter two is, and here let's focus in on the creation of human beings, right? The creation of the man and the woman. That's really the big focus. I mean, even if you just look at it, it's, it's saying, okay, God created the world, but God didn't just create the world. He created human beings as the pinnacle of his creation. And he wants you to focus in on that and understand that this book that you're about to read, you're on chapter two now. But this isn't just a book about some stuff that God has done over the course of history. This is the story of God's dealing with humanity throughout history. That's the focus of this. It's, and we know that this book is going to be about God's salvation of humanity. And, of course, his redemption of all creation. But it's focused on the humanity. So that's the focus there. But the, here's the other reason for you. Think about it like this. If you can remember genres from you remember high school literature class, right? Um, chapter one is written in a poetic genre, genre, and chapter two is written in a prosaic genre, which means that chapter one, the purpose of it, it's actually called, by the way, in uh, some theological writings and, and other um, you know, ancient writings, it's referred to as the song of creation. And the reason it's is that way is because in Hebrew particularly, it comes out that this is a beautiful poem about God creating the world. And that that's really the big difference between the two. 
So God is creating the world and it's a poem, you know, like you might read the lyrics to a song. The song is telling a story, but it's also meant to be beautiful, not just to convey information. That's chapter one of the Bible. Chapter two is looking much more prosaically, right? Meaning it's telling you what happened. That's the goal of it. It's not meant to be beautiful primarily. It's meant to convey the information. And that is the prosaic aspect. And that is chapter two. But again, chapter two is much more focused on humanity and the creation of human beings. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it always seemed to me like it was two separate stories. But now that you explained it to me, I can see the difference. Yeah. You know, and, and there have been people over the years who believed that the book of Genesis was put together. And actually, I, I would actually fully agree with this, that, you know, Moses wrote the book of Genesis, but how did he write it? He wasn't there when this stuff took place. Did he write it by just God telling him what to write down? That's totally possible. The other possibility as well is that Moses took existing documents, you know, that had been written by the people of God as they carried down their oral traditions throughout history. And he took those as they became written down that Moses then took those and, and collected them and put them into one authoritative document also under the leading and guiding of the Holy Spirit. And so that's how we end up with Genesis in its current form, uh, which makes a lot more sense, right? Like how did, how did Moses know all these details about the life of Joseph, for example? Well, probably because there were records that were kept amongst the people of God. And Moses collects these now as the leader of the people, and he writes them down into an authoritative account. Now, um, how that applies to Genesis 1 and 2, uh, I think it still ends up in the same place, where we have the chapter 1 being the song or the poem of creation, and chapter 2 being a much more prosaic approach, which focuses on the creation of human beings. Okay. I got a question for you too. Are you familiar with um, Andy Stanley? I am. Uh, yeah, I, I, I kind of. What do you think about him? I, I really enjoy watching him and, and listening to him. You know, so here's here's my take on Andy Stanley. I really don't want to be a person who's critical of others. You know, there's a Bible verse too where it talks about this, right? Like uh, every servant has to answer to their master, not to other servants, right? And so I, um, I, I kind of take that approach as well, that my job is not to, my job is to preach the gospel, not to, you know, go around criticizing other preachers of the gospel. But I will tell you a few things that I have that give me kind of pause when it comes to Andy Stanley. He said a few things over the years um, that I think are misguided, but I know that they come from his theology, which again, I think has some, has some holes in it, you know? And he, the biggest one of these comes from this. And, and you have to understand also that the church movement that he comes out of and the influences he's been influenced by, he's only reflecting those. And so he's not like a standalone person. He's just reflecting the views of his denomination and his Christian background. But essentially it's this. He has said most recently that we need to, and these are his words, he said, we need to unhook the cart of the Old Testament. We basically need to detach the Old Testament 
from the New Testament and really only focus on the New Testament because um, the Old Testament is like confusing and it doesn't make any sense and we don't really need it anyway. And so we need to, as he says, like he, you imagine you're, you're pulling a trailer, you know, in a car and the trailer's just slowing down the car. And he says, well, you need to detach the trailer and just dump it on the side of the road, basically, so that you can drive your car better and faster. Now, the car, in his analogy, is the New Testament. And, um, and the, the cart is the Old Testament. Now, I think it's a very flawed view of the Bible. I think that you cannot understand the, the New Testament without the Old Testament. And conversely, you cannot understand the Old Testament fully without the New Testament. The, the Bible isn't just, you know, stories that were collected over time which give us insight into God. No, the Bible is a unified whole which tells a unified story, and that is the story of creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. And you cannot unhook either one from each other. So I think that's a very flawed view of the Bible. He also, I think, you know, he tends to be a bit on the pragmatic side in some of the things that he says regarding church leadership. But, you know, at the end of the day, he is a Christian. He loves Jesus, and he's preaching the gospel. And I think if you like watching his program, I know he's on TV. Um, I think that that is good. I think it'd be good for you to watch his program. I, I don't have any problem with it. I wouldn't tell you not to do it. Okay, yeah, and I understand about the uh, unhitching the cart because, you know, the Old Testament, you know, they prophesize everything that happens in the New Testament. Yes, yeah. And, um, you know, I would just encourage you that with anybody you listen to, whether it's a pastor, whether it's somebody on the radio, um, you should really be what we call a Berean. We get that from Acts chapter 17, where it says that Paul went to the city of Berea. He told them about Jesus. And he says that they were honorable or noble, more so than other people, because the Bereans listened to what Paul said, and then they went and checked it against the Bible to see if it was really true. And then when they found out that it was true, they said, awesome. And they accepted it readily. So that's my point. Anything I'm saying right now, it should all be checked against the Bible. Um, but that's especially true, you know, when it comes to anybody you listen to. So, and, and in some cases, you know, there are people who, like with Andy Stanley, my advice would be eat the meat and spit out the bones. And I don't think any anything that you would spit out or reject from Andy Stanley is not going to be something that would um, be super consequential. You know, like I said, it... I, th I do think he's misguided in his understanding about the Old Testament, but, you know, the things he says about Jesus are true. Okay, great. Okay, Well, cool. thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. You have a blessed weekend. You too. Bye-bye. Hey, you're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. I'm taking your calls and texts live on the air. We've got seven minutes left in our show, probably enough time to take one more call if there's anybody out there who would like to get your question in before the end of the show on the air. The number to call is 303-690-3000. You can still text us at 720-336-0897 as well. Hey, I wanted to tell you about something. We recently updated our podcast for our church, for my church that I'm the pastor of here in Longmont. And if you are a podcast listener, um, I'd just like to invite you to subscribe to our podcast and check it out. We put out two uh, podcast posts a week. One of them is our Sunday sermon as we're studying through the Bible. But the other one we put out is every Wednesday at about 10 a.m. 
we put out an episode that is a discussion between me and our other pastor here at our church, and it's on a topic related to the Sunday sermon, but it's much more discussionary format. Um, recently, we talked about issues regarding worship, right, and the churches looking like the world, you know, and we've talked about issues regarding money and, and marriage and things like that, and so every week we discuss one of these, and if you would benefit from that, if you'd like to hear it, we, I really encourage you go and subscribe to our podcast on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, on Google Podcasts, basically any podcasting platform you use, on Anchor, for example, as well. Uh, you can just find us by typing in Whitefields Community Church in the search bar of your podcast app. And we'd appreciate it if you'd give us a like, give us a listen, give us a rating and review. That would be awesome. The title of the podcast is Whitefields Community Church podcast. I know very, uh, very clever name, isn't it? Yeah. So it's just called Whitefields Community Church podcast. And just remember that Whitefields is two words, not one. I think you'll find it either way, but it'll find it a lot easier if you type in Whitefields as two words, not one. Okay. Let's go over to our text line and see the texts that have come in here at the end of the show. We had uh, one person who says, where was it? Here Someone told me that the end of Daniel 9 is talking about Jesus, not the Antichrist. Now I don't know what to believe. Can this easily be disproved? Well, I'm not sure which part of Daniel 9 you're referring to, because there is part of Daniel 9 which is definitely referring to Jesus, especially the end of it. And so um, let me just read you the part that I'm referring to. I'm not sure which part your friend might be referring to, um, but there's a very, maybe, maybe even, you know, you guys are talking about two different things at the end of Daniel chapter nine. Let's go ahead and read the passage and then I will explain to you um, the part about Jesus. And then, you know, if you're still listening and you can text me back or you want to call in, uh, I don't think we have time for a call, but uh, hopefully this will answer your question. And it could be that the two of you are talking about two different things, but let's, let's read the end of Daniel chapter nine. And by the end, I mean, verses 24 through 27. And it's, this is a passage where it says this, 70 weeks are decreed about your people and your holy city to finish the transgression, to put an end to sin and to atone for iniquity, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to, steal, to seal both vision and profit and to anoint a most holy place. Know therefore and understand that from the going out of the word to restore and build Jerusalem, to the coming of an anointed one, a prince, there will be seven weeks. Then for 62 weeks, it shall be built again with squares and moat, but in troubled time. Af after the 62 weeks, an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing. And the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary. Its end shall come with a flood and to the end there shall be war. Desecrations are decreed. He shall make a strong covenant with many for one week. For half of the week, he shall put an end to sacrifice and offering. And on the wing of abomination shall come one who makes desolate until the decreed end is poured out in the desolator. We've got three minutes for me to explain this to you. I'm going to do my very best. In a way, I'll tell you this. This passage is talking about Jesus coming to Jerusalem, entering Jerusalem. It is also talking about how there will come a time when at the end of what we call the tribulation, or the second half of what we call the tribulation, there will be um, a 
person, the Antichrist, who will come in, who will make desolations, you know, the abomination that causes desolation, and that will that will lead to, again, that will be the tribulation leading up to the second coming of Jesus. Now, these 70 weeks of Daniel, the, the way to understand this is that a week doesn't refer to seven days, but it refers to seven years. And so if you add all these numbers together, 62 weeks, um, that from the time of the proclamation to rebuild Jerusalem, it comes out to 460-something, if I remember correctly, years. And you can actually do the math, and you can see that this is the time from when the, the declaration was given to rebuild Jerusalem until Jesus came was that amount of time. And it's an incredible prophecy talking about when Jesus would come into Jerusalem. Now, the very, very end does talk about how there will also be a time in the tribulation and it gives some, some numbers around that. Just remember that one week or one seven refers to years, not days. That's what's really important to remember there. So I do actually think that passage is talking about both the coming of Jesus and the Antichrist. Um, so hopefully you and your friend are just talking about it from two different angles. But we have come to the end of our show, which means that unfortunately I can't give more detail on this. We need, do need to wrap it up. I would encourage you, there, there's definitely some great stuff out there. Check out the website called gotquestions.org and look into it on there as well. God bless you. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in today. Uh, again, my name is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Check us out online, whitefieldschurch.com. We'd love to have you worship with us this Sunday, both in person or online, if you're looking for a place to worship. God bless you. Have a safe drive home and a blessed weekend. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.